on the march. Is the meadow becoming a fortress? Well, it certainly looks like it. Three wins on the spin. Uh, and welcome to Shrews Views. I'm Johnny Drury. And as always, I'm next to Salop correspondent and the lovely Ollie Westbury. Ollie, you've returned from holiday, back in the hot seat, back with a win. I think it's all down to you, pal. A good luck charm, aren't I? A must be, must be. You'll um, be on Steve Cotswold's backroom staff before you know it. I mean, they're, fa- they're famous words, though, aren't they? I can say I'm a good luck charm and, and you know, we've got to Fleetwood on Saturday. If, if we get beat, then I'll be a bad luck charm. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but it was a good, it was another good result on Saturday at the Meadow. Um, another good result. So, good stuff. Can we keep marching on? Keep marching on, indeed. Um, well, I think it's not just you, the good luck charm. Look, Shrewsbury made a lot of signings in the summer. They made two signings off the pitch. One was Ollie Westbury and the other one was our former colleague and good friend Joe Massey, who's now the head of media at Shrewsbury. Since they've arrived, Salopo into the top the top ten. So, exactly. you know, the Massey and Westbury effect, the combination, it must be working. Alternatively, Lewis Cox has come to join me with West Brom and we're absolute garbage. So, you know, I'll take half the blame for that because they were crap last season as well. But um, but anyway, we'll just, we're going to dissect the game from Saturday. A third win on the home win on the spin for Salop. 2-1 against the MK Dons. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Cottrell. Uh, get a bit of an insight into Ollie's chat with Brian Caldwell. You would have heard some of his um, some of the stories that or read some of the stories rather that, that Ollie has put out over the last couple of days. I'm sure there's some more to come. We'll hear some of that interview. We'll ask, answer a couple of your questions. And we'll look ahead to the upcoming fixtures. Anyway, to begin with, we're going to have a few words from the gaffer. Steve Cottrell uh, spoke with Ollie uh, and Radio Shropshire after the game. And this is some of what he had to say. I'm really, really happy with the result. I've just spoken to the boys about a couple of things that I think maybe we could have done better. Um, And I've just said to them there, you know, the, the, the game's never finished until you finish learning from it. And there was, you know, a few things that I needed to say to them why didn't they do that especially when they went down to 10 men um, but playing against 10 men is really really difficult and you know if you don't take them chances in the first half we could have been three or four goals up we should have been three or four nil by half time absolutely should have been in total command of that game two nil is a tricky scoreline whatever team you're playing against is a tricky scoreline they come out because we lose um, Matthew Pennington that means we dropped down ahead of light. And every time they got a corner, I was a little bit nervous because they've got some big boys that crash in there. And um, I was a bit nervous about that. I was hoping we were going to get away with it. Um, but from a corner, it was going to be an issue for us. We've, we've lost Tom Flanagan. We've lost Matthew Pennington. We've lost George Nurse. You know, Julian De Costa's good in the air. So all of those things, you know, I suppose I have to be thankful that it only bit us once today because they would have had more corners than us, I would imagine, today. And we had to deal with them. It's not something you would normally associate MK Dons with, having to deal with the corners against them. But they are still good at them. And they've got some big boys who attack the ball. When they go down to 10 men, then all of a sudden, you know, they change their formation twice in the second half. Twice. When they change that, then all of a sudden they're starting to gamble on us a little bit more. So perhaps when we had comfortable possession, there was another pass in us. Once they start pressing us, you don't need that other pass now. So you take the press off. And we didn't do that, I think, well enough in a moment of maybe 10 minutes towards the end of the game. Because they have nothing to lose then. 
you know, if they're getting beat 2-1, they may as well get beat 3-1 trying to score another goal. So, you know, when, when you look at that, I mean, they're still a good team. They've got 10 men or 11 men. It doesn't make any difference. They're a good team. And the, and the two goals that, that we scored should have really been four goals by our time. Ollie, listening to that, I covered you for a couple of weeks. And, like, you can listen to Steve Cottrell's answers sometimes about football with the passion coming through. But sometimes... I some of this the tactical stuff it shows my lack of tactical nice and Steve Cottrell's got a lot more of it than I have that this sort of um, drop in press or high we hear high press but all these little these little things I'm sort of there hung on to what he's saying but I I really haven't got a clue what what he's on about which is more a slight on me really but um but it's never dull um certainly you can tell from that clip it's never dull um, well, Graham, when he was saying it at the time, and I was there, like with, with like recording recording it for the to, to get his quotes, and I was listening to him, and he was telling me all this 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 complex stuff, and I'm just kind of like listening and like trying to like convince him that I actually know that I understand what he's talking about. We're just Whereas, a bunch of blaggers, aren't we? We just yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, he's, I think he's pretty good tactically, isn't he? isn't he Steve so um yeah Shrewsbury another good win another good win for town he's um he's he's quite he he, he gives you quite a lot in in these post-match presses about tactical stuff and you know he talks about changes that teams have made in formations and and lots of different things in his post-match press conferences which is really useful you know um uh, and, and he often reveals when Shrewsbury have changed systems and <laughs> we're there in the press box and we haven't noticed it ourselves. I mean, to be in fairness, it can be quite hard because obviously you know that when you when you're in a game, you're trying to write tweets and a match report on. Uh, you know, you kind of you you're not always as soon as the ball, whenever the ball's out of play, you're just frantically typing, aren't you? So you don't you don't really get the chance to like sit there and study the game quite as much as a as a normal like fan would, where you just you. Can and you can watch in really in in depth detail, but obviously you've got a very good idea of what's going on. So yeah, Steve Steve's um, post match press conferences are you know can be really interesting times, and they they give give a really good insight into you know what he must be thinking um, throughout the ninety minutes of the game. No, absolutely, and, and and there was a quote there that you come out with. It's not um, it's never over until you stop learning, or, or the game's never over until you stop learning. It sounded very philosophical there. From- yeah, Steve Steve Cottrell, twenty twenty two. We'll put that one down as, but um, but yeah, you know, it's never dull. It, it is interesting, and he, when he goes into that sort of stuff, um, he's talking there about, you know, it's a win. They were two 0 up, and get on to down to ten men, pulled one back a bit hairy at the end, um, but in the first half, they created a lot of chances by the sign of things, and could have been three or four up, which which is pleasing from a Salop perspective, um, that they are creating these chances. Yeah, I mean, what's Slightly bizarre is that Salop were much better against MK Dons when they had when both sides had eleven men on the pitch. I mean, I've not seen Shrewsbury play as well as they did for, in forty-five minutes as they did on Saturday. They were very good for that opening forty-five minutes. I thought they created chan- lots of chances from opening open open play. I mean, I can't, I can't. Well, Harry Burgoyne didn't. He, he did nothing all game. He didn't have to. He wasn't. He wasn't called into action, which I think is is also um, kind of a bit of a hint that that, that they defended well as well. Uh, the the two nil lead um, was was you know was was for me. I thought it was uh, well deserved and well earned, and it didn't flatter Shrewsbury at half time. Um, they created some very good chances, and you know, 
they seem to be coping very well with the amount of disruption that they've got going on at the football club at the moment. It's been a very turbulent couple of weeks for town with injuries and different things going on. But, you know, they seem to be, I don't know, they seem to be managing to cope with it okay. And, you know, to win three home games on the spin, that was what we were caught. That was what the doctor ordered. We were calling for a for some better results at home a few weeks back before the Exeter game and then to go and win the next three on the spin, then that's 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 very impressive. So, you know, Town will be looking to to kind of keep this form up and, and to keep putting performances in like that because they were very good first half on Saturday. Um and that's 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 vitally important, isn't it? That that, you know, and they play some nice football at times, they pass through the lines, they had, you know, there's been a lot of time early stage of the season, fans spoke a little bit about possession. Um but since they've played sides that are more on their level, um, the possession's not been an issue really, has it? It's just, you know, uh, the manager, you know, picks a side that he thinks can go out there and um, get results in the way that the the way that they feel they need to. So, you know, it's been a it's been a good it's been a good good week for town, um, and you know, things change so quickly. No, they do indeed. Um... And that's interesting that they're creating a lot of them chances at home, isn't it? Because earlier in the season, we, we talked about a few boos against Burnley and sort of style of play and fans not too happy. But at home in recent weeks, it has been entertaining, hasn't it? You know, we've had the 3-2 with Exeter. Um, I think they won a game in between that. I can't remember who exactly it was, but I should remember because I was there. Um, and then Port Vale. Yeah. No, oh yeah. No, away. no, they beat. Away. Sorry, no, they beat. Exeter. You were at the Port Vale game. Burton Albion, they beat. Burton Albion, that's Matt it. Matt Mayer covered that one. Yes, yeah, so I wasn't there. Sorry, Burton Albion, and then obviously MK Dons now as well. So it seems that there's, you know, certainly at home, there's entertainment, which is, you know, entertainment and wins coupled together is the is the combination that fans want, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's goals, isn't it? Or Town scored what they scored two two at the weekend. They scored two against Burton. They scored three against Exeter. You know, my maths my maths works out that that's 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 plenty of goals. So um, yeah, that's what the fans want. They want to see entertainment. They want to see you know good football. And I thought on on Saturday they were Town were good. Um, and they did the job in the second half, which they needed to. When you go two 0 lead and they managed the game well, they probably could have had a couple more. Uh, Rob Street missed a chance. Um, they weren't they weren't as good in the second half, um, which you kind of always expect. Um, but yeah, um, it was a good it was a good good weekend for town. I think uh, they'd have enjoyed their day off on Sunday. They certainly would have done. What do you reckon they do? What do you reckon these players do with their days off? I'm sure, the older guys with the families go off with the families. I wonder what the younger boys do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, on the Xbox with the headset on or something like that. Well, one of the lads said, one of the one of the media lads at Shrewsbury said he uh, he bumped into Taylor Moore at, at the gym or something on one of the days. Um, oh God, gym on your day off. Well, maybe they might have been in the spa, Johnny. They well, yeah, the they could have been, could have been yeah. chilling, yeah. Um, so maybe that's what they do. I don't know. Coffee, go for a game of golf, thing, maybe. Game of golf, perhaps. Yeah, me and well, you need to have a game of golf, don't we, Johnny? Definitely. We need to go and thrash it round the course. Definitely, we'll set up. A, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we'll try to see what salad players play golf. Maybe set up a little salad. Salad shoes views uh, on the road golf game. We'll see. But we digress. Um, standouts, Ollie, for you on on Saturday. All I keep reading about is Tom Bayliss. He scored again. Um, so when I've watched him, he has impressed me. He looks like a your so-called baller that the the youngsters, the phrase the youngsters coin. Uh, but he just looks a bit. He looks classy in that top end of the pitch. He he, he throws me back. You probably before you covered Trujillo, but 
opportunity. We had Harry Chapman on loan in the first few months of Steve Cottrell's reign and he sort of dropped off towards the end. But it reminds me a little bit of Chapman. He brings that little bit of quality. Just That'll probably resonate with South fans. But I was here on Saturday again. I'm sure he uh, was one of the shining lights. Yeah. So on my player ratings, I think I described, the word I used to describe him was silky. Um uh, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was very good. Again, he carries the ball. I think there's something I like about Bayless is he'll he, he'll pick the ball up and he'll drive forward with it. Um, so yeah, it was a great finish for the goal. It was a very good finish. Um, he had a good game in general. He just looks very comfortable on it. Um, obviously, it took him a little bit of time to settle into a Shrewsbury Town shirt, um, but since then, um, you know, he's he, he's done he's done very very well for Town. Um, and I know that Steve Cottrell is very pleased with with the performances that he's been putting in recently. Um, so, yeah, it'll just be more of the same from him. I thought Luke Lee, he was an absolute, you know, mountain, man-mountain to, to play. He looked, he looked to me like he was in visible pain uh, throughout the game. I know he'd been struggling with an elbow injury and he was a bit of a doubt for the game. He'd been in, um, I put a story in Monday's paper that he'd been in, um, he'd been heavily strapped up. Uh, and, and, and the manager didn't think that he was going to be able to make the game, but he did. Um, and you could see every time he got a knock on it, you know, he was in he was in a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain. Um, but he managed to fight his way through and he, he started off in midfield. And when Pennington went off, he kind of moved to, to centre half as well. So, you know, it was another great performance from him. He put in one brilliant tackle in the 75th minute to, 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 to kind of deny Will Grigg, which was like a really important, really important challenge. So he was good as well. And Shipley did well at wing back. Um, he put in a great cross uh, for Sadie early on, who headed over. But yeah, he did well at wing back, and obviously he got a goal as well. Slightly fortuitous the fact that it was deflected in. But there were some good performances all round. To be fair, when I was writing my player ratings, I couldn't really think of anyone that 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 that, that had a bad game. Um, I think I think I said that that the goalkeeper was quiet, but. At the end of the day, what can a goalkeeper do if if he if he doesn't have to touch the ball, or what does he have to do? Um, and, and Burgoyne was, I think, seldom called into action. There's nothing he could do about the goal. Um, that was the only way it looked like Shrewsbury were going to concede if it was from a set piece. Um, so so yeah, um, Town defended well from open play. So some very good good individual performances all round. So a good weekend, a nice one to write about. That's for sure. Yeah, just on Burgoyne. Um, he's been in the sticks for the last couple of games now. Uh, you weren't there the previous one, but but was he quite commanding? I've seen him on a couple of occasions, and you know he's a good deputy. A couple of games I've seen he, last, I think it was last season, maybe early on or the season before, looked a, a little bit ropey at times. Uh, but you know, I'm the goalkeeper, so who am I to judge? Um, but you know, I obviously he said he didn't have a, an awful lot to do, but what he did do, it sounds like he did quite well. Yeah, he made one save in the second half where he punched one away. Um, that was good. That was, uh, he did that, but it's hard to make a judgment based on that game. He, he really didn't have a lot to do at all. Um, he was very, very quiet um, and not his fault at all. You know, that, that, that suggests that the team played well. So it, it's really hard for me to make a, a statement. We'll have to see if Marco's fit to, to come in and play this weekend. Um, you know, that'll make a... That'll make a difference to see, you know, if he comes in. I'm, I'm assuming that he'll play if he, if he is available. So, yeah, it was, um, he did everything he did or he was required to do. He did well. But, um, you know, a good reflection on the team that he uh, they didn't need him that much. 
And at the other end of the pitch, you know, Tom Flanagan was missing. Um, Pappy Pennington went off. How, um, how, how did Salop look at the other end of the pitch? Obviously, they've only conceded one and they've won the game. They're usually pretty... Um, they're usually pretty um, pretty tight at that end of the pitch. How, how were they looking, considering they had a couple missing? Yeah, they looked they looked really good actually. In 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 fairness to them, like especially from open play, they looked a little bit ropey from set pieces because MK Dons had some big guys big guys in their team. Um, and I suppose and and and, and Cottrell said this after the game, and it's a really really valid point that you lose Matthew Pennington, you lose you lose somebody who's a header of the ball, who's um, you know gets up gets up and wins a lot of headers. So really the only person they had in the side that you'd expect to win headers in their penalty area was Dunkley, um, you know like Lee and Moore who were playing at centre half. They're not although they're they're useful in the in the air and. They're not people that you'd expect you'd expect to see, you know, winning headers from set pieces when up against opposing centre half. So they looked they looked a little bit dicey um, from set plays, which is understandable given the circumstance. So that's one thing to just to just kind of keep an eye on to see if Pennington's fit next week. But hopefully with Flanagan back, you know, Flanagan's good in the air. So we'll see we'll see where that where that where that goes. Flanagan was an interesting one because I don't think anybody saw it comment at all um so yeah that was a, that was an interesting one um really because uh, it's certainly not something that that, that i anticipated uh, it caught me off guard because i had watched the last few games so i i wasn't aware that he picked up a yellow card and and so on so an interesting one on for him yeah uh, just one to keep an eye on really i suppose um like yellow cards so a blow on Pennington's a blow him him being out we're not sure the extent of that injury uh, at the moment um, so yeah we're going to have to keep an eye on that one as well um, soft tissue injuries you never know do you the, you know they could be could be could be out for a significant period of time it might not be as bad as first thought um, but you know he'll be a blow for Shrews because he's been an ever present really since since the, the start of the season. I think there's him, him, Leahy, a couple. I'm not sure, not sure if anybody else. Dunkley, but other than that, some not everybody started started every game. So that'll be a blow for Town. Yeah, certainly. And just um, just finally, all on the on the front line. Um, how did that? You know, it's chopped and changed, doesn't it, in terms of personnel? Steve Cottrell has got options. Uh, Rob Street was, you know, chucked on. Uh, Pennington come off. Um, what, what was, um, or something of that? I, I, that's my poor research. I'm just reading no, it into your what, headlines. Um, but um, you know, what? Uh, who do you think Salop's the best pairing is at the moment, given what, what they've got? Well, they started up. I quite like Pike. I think he's got some. I think he, there's something about him. Um, I think he'd, he'd probably like to. to to, to get on the score sheet a little bit more, but I, I quite I, th- I think he's got something to offer. Um, he's got something to offer. So they did all right together up front, to be honest. Um, they did all right together until Sadie looks. It all co- it feels like it comes through Sadie. It feels like you know they feed well off each other because Sadie's kind of a target. He, he holds defenders off. He turns. He kind of uses his body, and so on and so forth. And then and then you get Pike in. But Street did well when he came on in replacement. Pike moved out to right wing back, and you know Elliot Bennett into midfield as as um, as Cottrell shuffled the, shuffled the pack. And you know the players did the players did well. So you know it's one of those things. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, Ryan Bowman didn't get on, didn't get on, did he? So uh, I, I was, I was quite impressed by Street. I thought he had a good, a good 40, 60 minutes or so. Um, I think that was how long he was on for in the end. Um, he did well, held the ball up well. He's quite athletic. He, he's quite mobile, so he, he's, he's useful to have in the side. And uh, I mean, Christian said he's a very, very was very impressive. He uh, he's a very powerful, powerful striker. So I think he's one that Salah fans are going to enjoy watching week in, week out for the remainder of the season. Fingers crossed if they can then keep hold of him for the rest of the season. Absolutely, good result. Hopefully they can replicate it next week um, or this weekend coming at Fleetwood, which we'll touch on before we we leave you today. Uh, in other news, Ollie sat down with. Shrewsbury Chief Executive Brian Caldwell earlier this week to to quiz him on a number of different matters from transfers to crowds to various other things. Here's just a little snippet of um, of what he talked about. Yeah, I mean, I think we're averaging around the 6,000 just now, which is good because that's where we want it to be. Um, but I just think there's so much potential in the area, you know, with the nearest, we own the club in the county, nearest teams 30 odd miles away, being Wolves. So, you know, there's so much work going on from our charity foundation to try and engage with all these groups to try and get people to come along we're always looking at new ideas to try and get more people to come along but you know from a 6,000 average crowd I think well it's grown in the last few years we need to try and move that forward we're always trying to get that up you know and I think I look at you know your likes of your Lincolns and your Oxfords is a couple of examples who have probably got 8,000 as an average you know we're always trying to push to get that on a regular basis, get more people along. And and how how many how many season tickets have you sold this year? And it's about the three thousand two hundred roughly, around about that kind of mark. Again, I think we could do more. Um, it's trying to get people to commit to that because it is such a good. We we try and price a season ticket so it works out roughly fifteen sixteen pound a game type thing for an adult. Yeah. Which based on twenty two pound admission prices, is good. Um, you know. I just think we've got a lot of people that come and go. Some people come to some games, and that could be work commitments. It could be financial yeah. implications as well. But you know, we need to try and grow that as much as we can. You know, if we can get, if we could get our season ticket base up to three and a half, for example, or something a bit more than that, then you know, it has to be fair. It's probably going a little bit over the years. Um, we started doing under twelves free, which encouraged yeah, um, parents, families to come along, and you're hoping that. Whereas there might not be any income for the under twelves when they when they turn thirteen you start and take a slow you know, we we price it so it's like thirteen to seventeen year olds and then it's so it's a gradual increase to try and keep that longevity of people coming consistently to watch who's between for the future. Yeah. Um in, in terms of like the transfer market and, and the pandemic, I mean how much of a, an impact has that had on, on the club's spending? Um I think we're always trying to compete. We're always trying to put as much money as we possibly can into the wage bill. You know, yeah. League One's changed quite a bit over recent years. You know, you look at the number of big, I think there are seven or eight ex-Premier League teams now in, in, in League One um, with big crowds. You know, you just look at the average crowds across the division. You know, so many teams with over 20,000, 15 to 20,000 coming to watch their games. So it's hard to compete with a 6,000 crowd. Um, but we're always trying to strive to put as much money as we possibly can within the EFL rules whereby you can only spend 60% through the salary cap management protocol um, of your allowable turnover. Um, so the more we can do to increase the turnover and get more people along, then the more we can spend in, on players' wages at the end of the day. But, you know, COVID has affected us really badly over the last... It's probably affected three seasons. 
um, when the first the pandemic came in March twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, we were probably sitting at break even point, having just played Liverpool home and away, um, and then we ended up losing in our accounts about seven hundred and twenty thousand from March to June with the pandemic, and then last uh, the year after that the full season with no supporters, we were about one and a half million we lost, and then so that's two point two million, and we'll probably so sure kind of loss again last year because even twenty one twenty two, you know people forget that the restrictions were only lifted late July. 21 so whereby our conference and events for example as, as an income stream probably does nearly 20 percent of our turnover um, and to give you a reflection of that our season tickets provide about nine percent of our turnover conference events is 20 percent but that took a little time to start and get back to the levels we would expect it to get to which probably took till november so we lost in our financial year july august september we lost the first four months of the year basically from that even the crowds last year, I look at last season and analyse the first half of the season to the second half of the season. People were tentative about coming back into a crowd situation. Um, and the crowd certainly, the average crowd was dramatically up in the second half of the season. So, which is good because at the end of the day people are then returning. You know, it's, mm. you know, we hope that the conference and events has rebuilt to what it, what it was pre-Covid, which was always a concern to me because it's such a big income stream for us. Um, but it's all about trying to create, you know, football's played 30 days a year here. And it's trying to have, make sure 365 days a year we've got income streams to use this, utilise this stadium to try and make sure we can compete as best we possibly can in League One. All interesting and sort of varied chat, really. Sorry, the two bits I clipped up there were the crowds and the transfer stuff. You know, on transfers... You know, given Shrewsbury took a hit, didn't they? Like like most others did. But you know, given that they they've managed to assemble a pretty solid squad since since COVID hit, really, haven't they? It's not just this window. It's windows before. You look at the likes of Pennington, long term. Oh, I don't know when his deals up, but he's I think he's on a two year deal. Morosi um, last summer. So they've signed quality while still being quite prudent, really. Yeah, I mean, it's something that he was he was you know he's keen to point out. It's, it, about about the the quality and the quantity discussion is one that feels like it, it will will like kind of rumble on um because when you get a few injuries you know the squad's short but i, th- I think it's right that, that, that i mean you you look at your own football team right and you're signing players would you want your team signing lots of average players or less good ones it's an i mean for me that's a no-brainer you want you want quality has to be you know, has yeah. to be the option, and yeah, you have to work to try and assemble the best players you can. And if you get injuries, you just have to try and deal with it. I think, I think that's 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 the best way you can go. I mean, you can't have it all. You can, you can't have a squad of twenty five quality players, um, and have them all, you know, together. Um, it's just it's just not it's not how it works. You know, Shrewsbury are working within a, cert, a certain financial framework. Um, and I think over the last few windows, they have assembled, managed to assemble a, a very competitive squad. Now the aim is to maintain the, the 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 excellent start to the season that they've had, that leaves them sitting in in ninth in the in the League One table, and they've got to keep that up. The the the, the, the plan is to keep that up now. But yeah, it feels as though they've they've recruited well, and and uh, hopefully, as long as their form allows it. And they keep picking up results. They won't need to, to to do any drastic measures in the January window. Um, 
so yeah an interesting an interesting topic of conversation the quality and the quantity discussion and the january window itself um you know so you know we'll just we'll see where we get to i i, I what i don't think it means is i think if you know if we have six injuries or something along those lines I, I feel as though i don't think that means that they'll just that's it you know i think it will depend on 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 lots of things between now and january um, and if you know players pick up injuries and they need cover, then I, I don't expect them to to kind of not go into to kind of not you know replace them on that grounds. But obviously there is a certain financial framework to which they have to stay to. And also don't forget the loans. Something I didn't realise is that all Premier League loans have a recall option. That's what Brian told me. Um, so that every so all of the option is there so it's a catch-22 you want Christian Sadie to perform well and score 10 goals between now and Christmas but if he does too well Bournemouth will be calling him back and sending him up sending him into the championship won't they if he if he, if he does too well um so it's like it's one of those things where we'll have to see we'll have to see how things evolve over the next few weeks yeah certainly I'm sure you know them the fact that they're doing so well means that they won't, you know, Shrewsbury will have, I think, as, Cops, uh, as Caldwell said, a potentially quiet January. But I'm sure Steve Cotter will be wanting to add add a couple. Of, given the injuries he's got, like Udo's out for the season, isn't he now? Yeah. Um, Nurse but out for the season. Of, in fairness, though, they've got lots of options up front. Yeah, though. they have got you options mean, up there. But in terms, like, of, in terms of someone like Nurse, like the, would, what would you yeah. say the only other rec- recognised you'd say on paper I know people can, but I know Jordan Shipley is very versatile I know Ricky Old Pike is very versatile um, the only other recognised senior left wing back you would say is is Luke Leahy that was his original position before he became a central midfielder um, you've got Josh Bailey who's been included in the squad but you know he's quite raw and young you'd, you'd, you'd imagine wouldn't you all that he probably would go into the market in that position given that um, Nurse is out for the season now yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, I did a story on on that last week about what I asked I asked um, Cottrell about about um, what the what the situation is of whether they might, you know, whether I, I think the question I asked him was whether he was happy with his options as cover, and and he kind of said like maybe they might look at somebody, but he doesn't he doesn't he, he wasn't he didn't say yes if it was january now we definitely would it was a, it was more of a maybe so it's it's up in the air i imagine it will depend on what happens in the next weeks and months and and how well they get on and how good results are and so on and so forth so would that would be something that we're just going to have to keep a watchful eye on you'd expect them maybe because shipley's kind of before this weekend he just started to come into his own on the left of the midfield um, it felt like he was just just starting to find his feet, him and Bayless in particular. So it's a shame to lose him to wing back, but he was equally effective there at the weekend. So, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of the things that that you know that the, the team are dealing with at the moment seem to be fairly positive. So, you know, when players are adjusting to different positions, like for example, Bennett started on uh, on the playing at the right wing back, and then he moved into central midfield and. I thought he did really well in midfield. I thought he looked comfortable on the ball, and you can see his experience. Um, so the town have got options. They've got options for sure. Yeah, no, it's interesting. The stuff he mentioned about um, gate receipts and stuff was was really interesting. I'm sure there's there's other stuff that other stuff that will come out of it. Um, just on another bit of news, it, it's difficult to know how this is going to impact all the clubs at the moment. But um, news has come out this morning. It was rumoured yesterday. Uh, there's a, an article in the Daily Mail on Monday, what well, we'd know Tuesday, um, 
that the EFL broadcasting rights were due to change. Um, the current EFL broadcasting deal is running until 2024. After that, um, it's going to go out to tender to, to other companies, uh, as well as Sky can go back in for it, uh, where they are potentially going to drop the 3pm blackout on live games, which has been in place since the 1960s. So since then, no um, football league games have been able to be broadcast at 3pm. Um, now, the EFL are really ex- in the UK, though, isn't it? In the UK, yeah. So the the EFL are now um, opening the contract up, and, it, and all I think it's 1,891 games across the three leagues, EFL Cup, EFL Trophy, um, could potentially be broadcast. Um, whether that means, I'm sure that'll probably mean a, a larger um, amount of money coming from one of the the broadcasting companies who, who wins the rights. Um, that'll offer a, a bigger slice of pie for clubs. On the other hand, it might drop gate receipts. It'll be interesting to see how this one pans out, isn't it? All because on one hand, there's probably financial incentives, but on the other hand, you know, Brian Caldwell just spoke there about crowds. You know, this could maybe be de- a detriment to, to rising gates. Yeah, yeah. There's a potential for that, I suppose, isn't there? And, and maybe it might be more the uh, the away fixtures that might take the hit a little bit more, especially given the cost of everything at the moment. You know, if fans have got a choice, like got a few games of Portsmouth and Plymouth coming up. Uh, I know one of those is a, is a weeknight game, but say, for example, if it was at the 3pm on a Saturday, you know, with the added cost of a ticket, the cost of probably getting a bite to eat once you're there and the cost of, you know, getting there with the price of fuel, uh, the way that it is at the moment and all, all that kind of economical stuff that's going on in the world. You know, if it's easier to just kind of sit on your sofa and and, and kind of watch an away game rather than having all the external costs and things that come in as well, maybe that it might affect away attendances a little bit more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. It's just been something you just, it's just the norm, isn't it? It's just, you're just used to three o'clock, three o'clock kickoff, not on telly. Um, it's just the way it's always worked. So, I mean, it'll be something that'll be strange to get used to. I don't know how that they'd, you know, decide which games on telly, how many games would be on telly. I, I don't know. I I'd probably need to do a bit of digging about it, but feels like something that's a, that's a little bit sad, um, but money's kind of, um, you know, ruling everything in football at the moment, isn't it? So I'm sure if the finances are there and the clubs feel as though they're going to make enough of a financial benefit of it, then then they'll go for it, won't they? You'd have thought. Yeah, certainly. Um, anyway, it remains to be seen. Um, I don't know if an, an EFL trophy game with what the, the likes of Netflix will be looking to stream. I'm sure they won't be clamouring for Grimsby against Newcastle under 21s in the Pizza Cup. But we'll uh, we'll wait and see. We've got a few questions in from you Salop fans. Um, we haven't had too many this season since we've relaunched the Shrews News podcast. But we have got a couple in. So I'm going to read a few out now. We'll rattle through them before we just look ahead to Fleetwood. And then that's your lot. Right. First question up comes from um, STFC. Nathan, any news on Marco and Penno? I'm guessing Marco Morosi and, and Matthew Pennington. Uh, they'll be hopefully, you know, Salah will be definitely wanting them back for the the Fleetwood trip, won't they? On yeah, no. The answer to that is no. Um, we are on the wiser at the moment. Uh, we speak to Steve Scottrell tomorrow, um, and hopefully we can we'll have a little bit more on that one. Um, yeah, that's that's all I can say really at this point. Um, I know that. Uh, they were hoping that Marco would have been fit enough to play last week. I think Shrewsbury have had so many injury 
injury problems that I can't remember who's at what stages and when they were. Um, but I think, I think, and this could be wrong, but I think they were hoping that Marco was going to be fit last week or it was touch and go whether Marco was going to be fit or not. Um, so, you know, maybe he might be okay. He might be okay this weekend, but it'll be something I'm sure that, that Steve will be asked about tomorrow at his, at his, at his pre-match press conference. And the same the same for Pennington. We'll have to get an update on that injury uh, and, and see where we're at with that one. Um, um, so, yeah, I think that's where that's kind of where we're at with those two. Uh, unsure at this moment in time. Um, the manager's press conference tomorrow, hopefully. He's usually quite coy on what, what information he gives off um, with regard to injuries. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see, uh, you know, where, where we're at with that. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on minutes for Bloxham? Are we holding back the kids' progress? Question mark. That's from Meadow Memories. Um, there's a lot of options in there, isn't there, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, there is. There, there is a lot of options. Um, uh, it's a tough one with Bloxham. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him play. Um, I think he's a young. He's a young. I think what we've got to do is we've just got to. We've just got to um, kind of hope that. Um, the Shrewsbury are doing what they can in terms of what they think is best for 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 for, for Tom. I I assume that's just what we've got to hope that, that they will have his best interests at heart. Um, and 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 they see they think that he's better developing at town, um, training with first team players, uh, you know, quality League One players with experience and learning from them. Then. Hopefully that 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 will be the best thing for him, rather than him going out and getting some minutes in the national league or or something along those lines. Um, yeah, he's seen he hasn't seen too much first team football this this so far this season, which I think is partly due to to Shrewsbury's you know good start to the season and and and, and you know so and having a little bit more strength in depth. So you know we'll just have to keep an eye on that one with 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 Tom Bloxham. Yeah. Uh, Leo Robson has just tweeted, announce Mbappe. Um, yeah, I think he'd be playing too not, much. I'm not FIFA. sure he'd be playing too much FIFA or football manager. I think, yeah, really. not sure he'd uh, qualify for a for, for town uh, under the salary cap. I think yeah. we might be a little bit over the salary cap, so yeah. then we'd probably get docked 20 points anyway. <laughs> a final Ian Gibson will or can the pitch be made wider now we don't have Nurse's long throw as a weapon? Very well, interesting question. <laughs> it's a very interesting. If you can statement. make a pitch smaller, I'm sure you can make it bigger to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, Whether they will, I don't know. Yeah, Steve was <laughs> asked about the size of the pitch very close to the start of the season. And he kind of said that it's barely any different to what it was when he first came. Um, so I, I imagine you can. I imagine you can adjust the pitch to, to to whatever you know you feel is necessary. So I imagine they can if they want to. Um it's a big blow, isn't it? The, the long throw. It got it got down a couple of goals and causes mayhem in in the box at times. So it'll be something that they miss as a as a weapon. Um, but if, but in answer to that, whether they are going to do that or not, well, I don't I don't know. That's anybody's guess. Um, the the Shrewsbury pitch doesn't look too big. It doesn't look too small. It just looks like a normal football pitch to me. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, they ain't going to be able to make it too small, are they? Um, so yeah, just be one of those things. I think. Yeah, interesting alternative question. Um, just finally, I'll, I'll thank you for your question, Salad fans. More of you get in touch. We want we want as many in as possible. Um, so get in touch next week. Um, I'll just finally, you're off to the Cod Army on Saturday, Fleetwood, going up north, taking 
you going to take in a romantic weekend in Blackpool as well, or are you just going for the game? Going for the game. Straight back <laughs> as soon as possible. Get out of there. Get out of Get there out as of soon there. as possible, yeah. No. Yeah, uh, but you're going up north. Um, south will be... You know, I just looked at the away record. Even though they've lost the two, last two away games in the league, um, it's not too bad. I think they've got a draw in there, a couple of wins as well. Um, but they'll just be trying to replicate what they did on Saturday on the road, surely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, 100%. Um, you know... Other than those two, they're, yeah, they'll they'll want to they'll want to kind of you know get get back onto it on the road. They've they've, they've lost the last two, haven't they? But uh, it's not something that concerns me too much because up to that point they were unbeaten, weren't they? So um, you know, consistency is the aim now for Town to try and maintain that momentum. So you know, if they can uh, if they can get a result on uh, on Saturday of, of some description um, at Fleetwood, I think that 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 they'll be happy with that. Um, they just kind of want to get back to it on the road. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it's it, I don't think it's um I don't think it's anything that's any any more than 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 just a couple a couple of blips blips on the co- sorry blips blots on the copybook. So fingers crossed the town can kind of you know get back to get back to winning ways and pick up a result at Fleetwood yeah. at the weekend because uh, I think there's quite a busy schedule uh, heading our way and there's some tough fixtures coming up trips to Plymouth and Portsmouth and you know so. Um, Town, uh, town will be looking to, to pick up as many points as possible from that. Yeah, and the form guides win, defeat, win, defeat, win for Salop. Hopefully, that is another win. All thanks for your time, Shrewsbury Town fans. Thanks for your questions. Um, and there you go, Salop are on the up, certainly at home. And now they'll be looking to continue those, well, take those home comforts on the road up north to Fleetwood and get another three points. Thank you very much for listening to Shrews Views. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>